tonight, guys, I'm talking about um, overcoming discouragement. And that's something that every single person on the face of the earth um, has to face. We all, all of us face discouraging things all the time. And I want tonight, I want to look, I want to look at the Word, and I want to look at, uh, so there's so many examples throughout the Word of God of uh, men and women of faith that dealt with um, discouragement, and some dealt with it um, successfully, and some not so successfully. And and, uh, and I'm just going to take a few tonight and talk about um, discouragement in their lives. But guys, we all have disappointments. We all have failure. We all have rejection. We all have disappointments and letdowns in our marriage, on our jobs, with our children, in our church, in our ministries, in our spiritual growth, in our finances, in our relationship, and in our life in general. Maybe we're not accomplishing our goals like we want to or in the time that we think we should. I know we all deal with that. Maybe we're not at the place in life that we think we should be. Sometimes people's words discourage us or their actions discourage us. And sometimes we, be we believe the lies of the enemy and we become discouraged. He constantly works against us to discourage us. Sometimes it's our own work. It's our own words. Sorry, I got my my hair caught my bracelet here. Sometimes it's our own words and our own attitudes that discourage us. When we get focused on our have-nots in our life instead of our blessings, instead of our haves, because we all have the have-nots, don't we? All of us do. And all of us have a lot of blessings. But when we get our eyes on what we don't have, instead of focusing on what we do have, we'll get discouraged. When we become, when we become negative thinking, we get discouraged. Discouragement, it takes a toll. It, it really, it, it's a horrible thing, it really is. It takes a toll on us. I can remember my daddy saying when I was growing up, that nothing was worse than being discouraged. It can really, um, if you don't know how to deal with it, if you don't do the things that you know to deal with it, 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 it can really be bad. Um, when we're discouraged, we begin to lose courage. Discouraged, we lose courage. We begin to shrink back. We're tempted to give up. We lose hope. Negativity can engulf us if we allow it to. Discouragement can immobilize us. It takes away our drive to move forward. If we're not careful, our words become negative and faithless. We can even begin to grumble against God, as the Hebrews did in Numbers 21.5. And we know that's not a good thing, is it? Numbers 21.5 says, And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we, we loathe this worthless food. God was doing a great and a wonderful thing in their lives. He was taking them somewhere. But the journey is not always easy. 
the journey going when God's taken us from one place to another place, it can be difficult. And, uh, and if we're not careful, we'll become discouraged and we'll be like them and we'll start looking back toward, toward our own Egypt. They become embittered and they begin to speak and behave in ways that, that they shouldn't and we can do the same thing. We can begin to look back toward our own Egypt, our, our, own, our old ways. And that's not a good thing. Dis, uh, discouragement can lead us to a sinful, backslidden state if we allow it to. Discouragement causes us to lose strength, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Truly, it's debilitating. It really is. We become um, even more of a target for Satan. Whenever we become discouraged, we're weak. And he can have his way with us, and he can take us further down roads that we don't want to go. We don't want to go down those roads, but in, in that state of discouragement, we become spiritually weak, and the enemy can take us down dark roads if we allow it. But we don't have to. We'll, we'll see that. When we're discouraged, we lose our vision. We lose our focus. Everything can become cloudy and confused. We start doubting everything when we're, when we're discouraged, we start doubting everything. It can cause us to lose sight of our God-given purpose. It can cause us to miss out on the blessings that God has for us. Guys, God has a role in getting us to our purpose and our destiny, but we also have our role and the enemy is always trying to stop us. And as long as we'll uh, surrender, you know, to God and keep walking forward, God's going to get us there. But uh, if we want to walk away from that, God will allow that. He will let us do that if that's what we want to do because he's given us a free will. And discouragement can get us down that road. Now, God's always working to get us back on the right path. But again, it's up to us. Discouragement is a horrible state. It really is. It's a very dangerous state to be in. And we must reject it. We can reject it. And we can triumph over it with God's help. You know, I don't think we can on our own. If, uh, if we'll do things God's way, then definitely we can definitely, definitely triumph over it. In my own life, I've learned to, I've learned to triumph over it throughout the years. Discouragement comes to me just like anybody else. But I don't let it get a hold of me. I don't let it get a hold of me. I, I do the things I need to do to uh, not allow it to get uh, get its ugly grip on me. And it, it is an ugly grip. Jesus himself faced discouraging things. In John chapter 6, many of Jesus' disciples were offended by his words and they left him not to follow him anymore. I know that was discouraging. His disciples frustrated him as he taught them and showed them how to do things, but yet still, still they, they you know, they had a hard time getting sometimes and he would get frustrated with them. They watched him do miracles, but yet they were still filled with unbelief time and time again. And I know that, that uh, I know it frustrated Jesus. In Matthew 17, 17 through 18, 
in response to his disciples not being able to cast out a little boy's demon, Jesus said, Oh, faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. He was, he was talking to his disciples when he was saying, Oh, faithless and twisted generation, he was talking about his own disciples. He was frustrated. And uh, later they got with him and they asked him, they said, Jesus, why couldn't we cast that demon out? And he, he just, he, he didn't call them in it. He just came straight out and he said, because you have no faith. In another instance, his disciples failed to trust him in a storm, even though he was right there in the boat with them. I know you know that story. Another time, his disciples wanted to call fire down on the Samaritans who rejected Jesus. And Jesus rebuked them for it. One of, um, one of Jesus' disciples, Peter, of course, denied him three times in one night. Jesus had lots of opportunity to get discouraged. And then that was just his disciples. You know, those, uh, those religious leaders, they were the real ones that... Um, I'm sure tempted Jesus with discouragement. They constantly gave him reason to be discouraged. You would have thought, guys, that they were that, that they would have been waiting with bated breath on Jesus to come because of the prophecies in the Bible. But the truth is, is that when he came, they did not recognize him and they fought him. They utterly rejected him. And I know that that had to have been discouraging to Jesus. They were always trying to chase um, ch uh, not chase him, I'm sorry they were always trying to cause him to trip they were always trying to catch him in a trap so that they could accuse him and even kill him, even the miracles even the miracles um, didn't, help them, didn't help them to see that he was the son of God I mean you, and he even told them if you don't believe me for no other reason believe me because of the miracles even the raising of the dead they didn't believe him. I know that this was uh, hurtful and very, very frustrating for Jesus. They accused him of having demons because of the miracles. Jesus had lots of opportunity and reason to be discouraged, but he wasn't. Isaiah 42, 4 says, He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth. Jesus stayed focused on the purposes of God in his life. That's why he didn't, that's why he didn't uh, give in to discouragement. He stayed focused on the purposes that God had for him. Jesus knew that he was right with God because he had a relationship with God. And he cared about God's opinion over the opinions of man. It didn't bother him that, um, that the religious leaders rejected him. Because he knew that God accepted him, and he was loved in God, and he, he, he knew, he spent a lot of time with God, he knew how the Father felt about him. And so, he wasn't worried about what others thought of him. And that's why discouragement, when the religious leaders fought against him and didn't get a hold of him, he unswervingly held on to his utter trust in God's love for him and his purposes. He gave discouragement no place in his mind or in his heart. 
Even though he was the Christ, he often drew away to spend time with his Father in prayer and in fellowship. If Jesus needed this, how much more do we need it? Think about it. If Jesus, he would go and he would pray all night long. He would fellowship with his Father. He would draw away so many times. The Bible talked about him drawing away to pray in the hours, hours and hours that he spent in prayer. If Jesus needed that time with the Father, and you know he's our example, then we know that we also need that. And if we'll spend that time with God, it will help us to be strong. And then when um, things happen in our life to discourage us, and again, I want to, to reiterate that guys, we all experience this. Nobody, nobody is, with, is without this. We all experience disappointments and all kinds of things that would cause us to be discouraged. John the Baptist became discouraged after he had been put into prison in Luke, Luke chapter 7. He sent his disciples to Jesus to ask if he really was the one that God had sent or should he continue to look for another one. Guys, John the Baptist, he was, he was, um, he, he doubted even though um, he knew, he knew full well that Jesus was the Son of God. John 1.29 says that when John the Baptist saw Jesus approaching him, he declared, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. John knew full well, but he began to doubt. He began to doubt. John, John was there when Jesus was baptized. Matter of fact, he baptized him, right? He saw the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus, and he heard the voice of God saying, This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. But yet John gave in to discouragement when things didn't go the way he expected. And he began to doubt that Jesus was really who he, um, who he had thought that he was. He began to doubt that. That's what discouragement will do to us if we allow it to. It will cover our mind in a cloud of darkness and confusion. It will cause us to doubt things that we once were extremely sure about, things that nobody could have changed our mind on. Whenever discouragement gets a hold of our mind, it'll cloud our mind to the point that we'll begin to doubt the very things that we're so sure about. But I want you to remember that Jesus said that there was no greater man than John the, ba than John the Baptist throughout history. But yet he became discouraged. If we're not mindful and if we're not determined not to give way to discouragement, for sure we will too. It's a conscious choice. Not one of us is above it. None of us. None of us is above being able, you know, giving in to discouragement if we don't, um, if we don't be mindful and be determined that we're not going to, that we're not going to give in to discouragement. King David became discouraged many times, but he always strengthened himself in the Lord. He declared the word of the Lord. He reminded himself of God's faithfulness. He always gave praise to God even when nothing was going his way. 
you read the Psalms, you know, sometimes I, I really get a kick out of reading David, how sometimes he would be very negative for just a few minutes, and then he would just turn on a dime. I mean, he would just be, um, <laughs> you know, talking about how, you know, his life was coming to an end, just, you know, paraphrasing, and nothing was going right, and then all of a sudden he would turn, and, he would, and then he would just begin to praise God. And he would begin to declare the faithfulness of God and how God was going to take care of his enemies. So he, uh, he, uh, he had a lot to be discouraged about. And he would, it would work on him, but then he would quickly turn. He always gave praise to God, even when nothing was going his way. He, but um, he would focus on the bigness of God instead of on the bigness of his problems. And that's what we have to do. He cried out to God for help and God strengthened him. He even talked to himself. He encouraged himself. He commanded his soul to bless the Lord in Psalm 103. I want to read that to you. Psalm 103. 1 through 5, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems you your life from the pit. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your your youth is renewed like the eagles. We have to be like King David, and no matter how we feel, we have to pick ourselves up by the bootstraps, and we have to command our soul to praise the Lord and to trust Him. We have to talk to ourselves just like He, like he did. We have to, you know, sometimes we have people to encourage us, and sometimes we don't. But we have to encourage ourselves, and we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Sometimes, no matter how we feel, we need to dance, shout, and praise God. And guys, I tell you what, there's nothing more powerful than that. In the midst of the storm, choosing by an act of your own will, in the midst of the storm, when you want to fall apart, to choose to, to praise God, to choose just to stop and to take a praise break. And I tell you what, it confuses the enemy. It confuses the, it's, it's, I believe it sends shockwaves through through the enemy's camp, and, uh, and and the devil, he just can't even believe his eyes because what he wants is to get us down. He wants to get us um, all in a mess. He wants to get us discouraged. He wants to get us full of fear. He wants to, to just wreck us. He wants to have his way with us, and he expects that. When, uh, when, uh, when, when things are coming against us, he expects it. He's just ready to laugh at us. But whenever we choose different, whenever we choose no, I'm not going to give in to that. No, I'm going to praise my God in the midst of the storm. I'm telling you what, it puts it won't be you running, it'll be the devil running. It puts him on the run. When we feel down and discouraged, we need to, to declare his promises and all his word to be truth. We will soon feel marvelous full of faith and strength. That's what praising God in the storm will do. It'll strengthen us. It'll give us great strength. It'll encourage us. 
It'll fill us up with joy even. And we'll be able, instead of crying over our problems, we'll be able to look and just look right in the enemy's face is what it feels like and laugh at him instead of him laughing at us. We laugh at him because we're, we're trusting in our God. We are trusting in our God. And, oh, that makes him so mad. <laughs> it really makes him mad. Elijah also became discouraged. He became discouraged after the showdown with the prophets of Baal and Queen, Queen Jezebel um, threatened his was threatening his life. He became so discouraged that he became full of fear and he ran. You guys can read that. I'm not going to read the story. It's too long. It's two or three chapters long. But it's 1 Kings 18 and 19. And it may begin a little bit before that and go a little bit longer. But that's the meat of the story. It's 1 Kings 18 and 19. But he, um, Elijah was so distraught, guys, that he, he took off running. And uh, whenever uh, Queen Jezebel threatened his life, he took off. And, and he fell, the Bible says he fell under a broom tree. And he told God that he wanted to die. That's how discouraged he was. And guys, if you remember the story, Elijah had just, um, he had just faced down the, ba the, uh, the prophets of Baal. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he, he had set up, he had set up, um, he told them to, to get a, uh, uh, well, let me just back up a little bit. Ahab was the king at the time in Israel, and he was such a wicked king, and he was married to a more, even more wicked woman named Jezebel. And, uh, they caused Israel to, to get very deep into idol worship. And uh, they had killed, they had literally killed most of the prophets of God in Israel at that time. And they had replaced them with false, false prophets. Prophets, I believe the Bible said there was four, over 400 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of, I think it was Asherah or something like that. But there was just hundreds of false prophets in Israel at that time. And Elijah was grieved. He was so grieved. The Bible said that he was jealous in his heart for God because Israel, and I, you know, when I, read, when I read this story, it just breaks my heart for, for, um, for um, Elijah because, because he loved God so much and he loved the people of Israel and to see them doing this. You know, he knew it broke God's heart, and he broke, it broke his heart. And God sent him to Ahab, um, you know, to try to get him to turn back, and he wouldn't. And Elijah had worked miracles. He had worked the miracle of, of uh, stopping the rain and causing um, a famine and then restarting the rain back to show God's power to Ahab. And then finally, he called the, he called the prophets together, and he... The, the false prophets and he told them he told them to um, get a bull as a sacrifice and he was going to get a bull as a sacrifice and he wanted them to go first and he wanted them to call upon their God to send down fire from heaven to burn up that set to burn that sacrifice and he said I'm gonna let you go first and I'm gonna do the same thing and uh, and so they did those uh those false prophets, they, they worshipped and their gods and they cried out to them and asked, asked the gods to come and to burn up the sacrifice and they danced around and they worshipped and they cut themselves and they just did all kinds of things. And then Elijah, he just began to, he, if you read the story, it's really kind of funny. Elijah, he just began to mock them, to make fun of them. He said, where is your God? Is, maybe your God's on a vacation. 
Maybe your God's taking a nap. It seems like he's not listening to you. And I'm just paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what Elijah said to them. And so they got, they got finished doing their thing and nothing happened. And then Elijah, um, he took water and he poured water on his bull sacrifice. And he, he, I think the Bible said he did it three times until the troughs filled up with water all the way around. And he just simply asked God to, to come down with fire and to burn the sacrifice and God did it, and uh, and then He led those. I don't. I mean, it's hard to even imagine, but He it had to be supernaturally. He supernaturally killed every one of those false um, false prophets. And uh, when word got back to Jezebel, Jezebel said that just as I killed the other prophets, you're you're next. You're gonna die. And um, and that was when Elijah took off. He took off running. And, uh, but guys, I, I just want to back up right here, right now, and I truly believe that the reason that Elijah was so discouraged was because, I mean, listen, he just seen miracles, great, mighty miracles work by his hands. You know, so you might would think he would be encouraged, but he wasn't. He was so discouraged. I think the reason that he was so discouraged because he saw that a wicked Ahab and a wicked Jezebel, even though God done such mighty, mighty miracles, in front of their face, they were still rebellious. They still wouldn't bend their knee. They, even though they saw that the gods that they worshipped were false gods, they saw it with their own eyes, but they did not care. They saw that the God of um, of Israel, the true God of Israel, that he was that he was a true God, and he brought down the fire. And even though I know Elijah was so discouraged because. Because he knew that, that these wicked people saw that with their own eyes and they did not care. They just didn't care. And at that point, listen, he lost hope. Elijah lost hope that if they won't turn and if they won't bow their knee to God at a moment like this, after all they've seen, then it's never going to happen. And discouragement grabbed a hold of him. And when discouragement grabbed a hold of Elijah, he lost all courage. He, he became afraid. He became fearful. He felt hopeless and helpless, and that's when he took off. Now I want to go on down. I want to find the place in my notes. The Lord, the Lord was gracious to Elijah. He sent the angels of God to where he had fell down and where he under that broom tree I told you about. He fell down under the broom tree. And God sent the angels and they ministered to him. And the Bible says that it gave Elijah the strength to go for 40 days without food. It gave him, they fed him, it seemed like they fed him twice, but it gave him the strength. And he went for 40 days until he got, and I know that's, I know there's a lot in that, but I'm not going to dig that deep tonight. But he went on to a, a cave uh, where he was headed to hide and he had the strength. To get there and listen God came and God tried to minister to Elijah he tried to strengthen Elijah there in that cave he, he, he talked to Elijah and he asked Elijah he said Elijah what are you doing here and uh, and Elijah just quote he just said a bunch of negativity he said well let me I want to find that if I can I maybe didn't even put that scripture in but he just began to to quote to the Lord. He began to quote to the Lord about how all the, um, how 
all the prophets of God had been killed and all the people of God. He thought all the people of God had been killed and there was nobody left but him. That's what he thought. And he said that. He repeated that back to the Lord twice. And the Lord was, try, was trying to minister to him, but he just wouldn't receive it. But God t spoke to him and he told him. He said, um, God told him no, that he wasn't the only one left that there were 7,000 people in Israel that had not bowed their knee to Baal. But he was so discouraged that he felt like he was the only one. Have you ever been there? I know I have sometimes. And I, and I know it's just the lies of the devil and we just get discouraged. But we see all the wickedness in the world and we want so bad for, for people to know God and come to God and not to... You know, not to give Satan such a place in their life to destroy their life. And then when they don't, you know, we start to get discouraged. And that's where he was. <clears throat> and because of this, here's the sad thing about it, guys. All of this resulted in Elijah's purpose as a prophet being cut short. He was replaced with Elisha, and he was taken up alive in a whirlwind to God. But God still loved Elijah. But after after um, that whole scenario, you can go back and read it, in the cave, God said, okay, I need you to do this. Go, and he was going to appoint a different king. And he said, um, you know, tell Elisha, you know, prepare Elisha. He's going to take your place. And so that's what happened. God loved a lot, but God still loved Elijah, and he still loves you too. If you're discouraged, he will send angels. Guys, he will send angels to minister to us. He will speak to you to pull you out of despair. But we still have to do our part to choose encouragement and courage. Guys, sometimes we can be like Elijah. God is right there, and he's trying to encourage us. But yet we reject it. We reject God's encouragement. And we decide instead to wallow in that um, pity and in that discouragement instead of taking the encouragement of the Lord. We have to choose to, to keep having faith that God is in full control. We have to choose to continue to be strong and courageous even when we don't understand why things in our life are going as they are. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And guys, I can promise you, I know you already have, but we're going to have more times where we, ha where we have to, where discouraging things come. And we can't let it get a hold of us. We have to rely on God. We have to guard our mind. That is the place of the battle. If we can win the battle against the mind, we'll win all the other battles and the war. We have to choose to reject discouragement. We have to choose to trust God in every situation. We have to choose to be positive. Don't meditate on negativity. Think positive thoughts. Meditate on God's Word. 
His love, His kindness, His faithfulness, and His goodness. Speak and declare the promises of God over your life, over your finances, over your marriage, over your health, and over your relationships. Speak words of faith, even if you don't feel like it, especially if you don't feel like it. Amen? Guys, it truly is a choice, and God is on our side. He will help us when we look to Him. So if you feel discouragement creeping on, change your thinking and run to God. Don't let it get a hold of you. And if it already has, God will bring you out if you'll just turn to Him and His truth. Let Him minister to you and trust Him. Father, Lord, we just thank you, Father God. Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are a God of love. Lord, that you're a God of compassion. Lord, you are a God who encourages us. Lord, you're always watching over us. Lord, God, everything that happens in our life, Lord, you know about it even before it happens, Father. And Lord, you are with us in that moment, Lord. Lord, we are truly, like we sang in this place tonight, God, we are truly never alone. Lord, You, we may feel alone, or we may feel like we don't have anybody. Lord, we may feel like everybody's rejected us, everybody's against us, nothing's going our way, nothing's happening the way we thought it would. But Lord, You are in control. And Lord, You are taking us to good places. And Lord, tonight, Father, we confess to you that we do trust you, God. And Lord, Father, for those that are out there tonight, that Lord, that they're struggling right now. Lord, I know there's many that's right now struggling with discouragement. Lord, I ask you, God, Lord, to, to let, your, let your courage, God, let courage fill their heart. Lord, let, um, let your truth and your love and your word, Lord, fill their heart and fill their mind. Lord, let your peace and let your joy fill their heart and fill their mind tonight. Father, I ask you, God, to pick up your people, God, that are down, that are discouraged, Lord, and help them to get back on that path, Lord, and help them, God, not to be immobilized, but help them, God, to move forward, Lord, and to do it with great joy. Lord, help them to see, Lord, um, discouraging things as an opportunity to trust you through those discouraging things, Lord. And Father, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for your love. Lord, I thank you, God, for your guidance and your hand upon us tonight. Lord, you love us so much, and we love you so much. Lord, just strengthen your people tonight. Encourage them, God. Encourage them, Lord. And help, Lord, if they're in deep despair, Lord, I ask that you would bring them out, God. Bring them out, Lord, and put a song in their mouth. Put a song in their heart, God, and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. I don't know where my help went. <laughs> Amanda. Yeah. Uh, I need somebody to tell me where's Chris. I don't have my phone. Guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> if anybody has a prayer, anybody have a specific prayer request? She said, please pray for us as the Spirit leads. 
Father, Lord, we just lift Kim up to you and her family tonight, God. And Lord, I know, Lord, I thank you for the mighty, mighty, mighty work, Lord, that you're doing in Kim's heart and in her family, God, and her boys and her husband. Lord, that you are binding them together as one in you, God. And Lord, that you are taking them, God, to the places, God, that you would have them to be, Lord. Father, I ask you to encourage them, strengthen them, Father. Lord, encourage them and strengthen them, Lord. And Lord, help them to see your mighty hand. Lord, help them just to rest in you and to trust you, God, as you do the great and the wonderful things, God, that you're doing in their lives, Lord. Father, I just thank you for it. Lord, I thank you for your hand upon that house, upon that family. Lord, I thank you for provision. I thank you for open doors. Lord, I just praise you, Lord. I lift up those boys to you tonight, God. And Lord, I ask you, God, Lord, that you would just use them powerfully and mightily for your glory. And Lord, her husband as well, God. Lord, all of them, Lord, that you would just continue to use them, but use them in such a greater way. Lord, bind them together as one in mind and in heart. And Lord, I thank you for that, Lord. Tonight, I just want to bind the devil. I bind the enemy right now from warring against them. I declare that no weapon formed against this house shall prosper. You will go in Jesus' name. Lord, let your angels right now minister to my sister Kim and her husband Chris and their boys. And Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you, Father. Lord, I just feel your great love for this family. And Lord, I thank you for that love. Lord, let them feel it tonight, God. Let them feel your grace grace to overcome every obstacle that the devil was throwing at them lord let them feel your great grace upon their home right now upon their family their lives their ministries in jesus name lord we praise you for it thank you lord 